if you started this year off with a good intention and some new thoughts and like some actual enthusiasm and maybe a resolution or maybe just a faith to say, this is going to be different, this is going to be better, and if you had any action that you've taken toward that, I'm telling you, he's coming for you. Welcome to the Midweek Motivation Podcast, where we bring practical help for your faith and life. Here's today's episode. Who's coming for you? The devil. I mean, he's got three tricks up his sleeve. It's the three things he wants to do to stop you. It never changes. And I want to share these things with you because like so many of us, you know, you might have started something and then and then you stopped something and you had years where maybe your New Year's resolutions lasted for three weeks and maybe some years where they lasted for three months, you know, but there's inevitably going to be some resistance because the Bible does teach us that we have an enemy who, according to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, prowls around like a roaring lion, and he is seeking whom he may devour. And I want to talk to you about those things. Hey, long intro, but my name is Gabe Kolstad, and I'm with Westside Community Church. This is Midweek Motivation. I want to pump you up. I want to equip you. I want to help you not be surprised by the resistance and perhaps the attack that you're facing right at this very moment. You know, you look at your year and you're like, hey, I've never wanted more good things for my life. And as soon as I step out, and try to accomplish some of them, it's the worst thing in the world. All this stuff starts to fall apart. People are mad at me. You know, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I guess I'll just go eat some worms. We all feel like that. And uh, I just want to make you feel a little bit better today by telling you this quick story. A man was lost in the desert. He'd been out of food and water for days. His lips were swollen. His tongue was swollen. He's all beat up and bloody. Some of his bones are almost peeking through the skin. He's been scraped and beat up by the cactus, sand, and sun. He's blistered. He's crawling over a little hill. He comes across a little plant, props himself up on one bloody elbow, looks down at the plant and says, you know, if things keep going this way, I might just get discouraged. I mean, that might feel a little bit like what your year is starting out with if you've had any kind of onslaught of attack. And uh, I want you to know this is really about alertness. It's about being aware, not being surprised. In fact, the Apostle Peter tells us, don't be surprised if bad things happen. I mean, you are fighting a spiritual battle, and the enemy is fighting you every step of the way. So you step out and say, hey, I'm going to take some new steps to work on my marriage, or I'm going to really work on my morning routine to incorporate scripture and to build this up and to do the right thing. Or you might say, God has convicted me of a place in my life that I need to surrender to him, and you've done that. And and you know, in some way, I guess we all expect rainbows and unicorns when we make those choices, but Instead, we often find an enemy coming at us full force, and if you're not careful, it's going to make you quit. If you're not aware and alert, if you don't know his tactics and if you don't know your responses, you might just quit. So I want to give you those tactics and and the responses that it calls for, and so here we go. Three things the devil always does. Number one is doubt. He's going to place doubt in your mind. It's consistent through history. In my life, in your life, in Scripture, doubt is one of the number one tactics and tools that the enemy is going to try and use to stop you in your tracks. And he has actually said things in Scripture that that make this obvious. In your mind, it might be something like, did I hear that right? Was I really supposed to surrender that part of my life to God? You know, was I, that thing that I felt like God told me to do, or that thing that I read in Scripture and I wanted to obey it, was I, did I hear that right? In fact, in uh, the Old Testament, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, the enemy, Satan, the serpent, actually said, did God really say? He comes to Adam and Eve in the midst of their, you know, 
bliss and perfection in the Garden of Eden. And he says to them, did God really say don't eat the fruit from that tree? Plants a seed of doubt in their mind. Well, what is true? What is a lie? What is right? What is wrong? Doubt is always going to be forever one of the tricks of the enemy. And we have to be willing to acknowledge, okay, that's there. It's uh, it's happening. We got to see it when it's happening. We got to be awake, alert, aware, and 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 call it what it is. It's a lie. It's doubt from the enemy. He's called what? The father of lies. That's the name that the enemy, Satan, has in Scripture. And how do you combat doubt? Well, I think you combat it with faith. You combat it with faith. Faith is really, uh, if you want to go with the description of Hebrews chapter 11 in the New Testament, faith is knowing that God is going to reward those who diligently seek him, and to knowing that God exists and that he does reward those who diligently seek him, that you know, it might not come in a day or a week or a month or a year, maybe not even in this lifetime, but we have to know that God sees when we take that right step and that he is going to reward that right step. And faith is the way we overcome doubt. I love what the Apostle Paul says, overcome the evil with good. And so when you see doubt creeping up in your life, you can know that doubt does not come from God. Those feelings of doubt, of fear, all those feelings, they don't come from God. And so what Jesus did, I love this, in Matthew chapter 4, when the enemy came and he, and he did the same thing to Jesus, he actually misquoted Scripture, and uh, Jesus said, no, the Scripture says this. Jesus knew the Scripture. He knew the truth. It's hard, listen, it's hard to have faith if you don't know the truth. Absolutely hard to have faith if you don't know the truth of God's Word. What does God actually say? What does His Word actually say? And so that's why it's so important when you're in a season where you need to know the truth, you know where to find it. It's in God's Word, the Bible, and you can go get it, and it's totally accessible. And there's all sorts of tools, including the Bible app, that I hope that you'll use for that because Jesus fought doubt with faith, the truth of God's Word, and he said, this is what Scripture actually says, and so I can obey and I can continue to do the right thing even when nothing around me is reinforcing it, even when I'm facing resistance and people are questioning or I'm questioning Sometimes my mind is questioning. Uh, sometimes my relationship circle is questioning what God told me to do. But faith says, I'm going to keep moving forward. That's the first thing that the enemy uses is doubt. We overcome it with faith. The second thing that the enemy uses is discouragement. It happens all the time. I am positive that every single person listening to me right now here at the beginning of 2024 has already had some major discouragements in this year. It doesn't take long, does it? <laughs> you can look around and like, ah, man, is this going to be worth it? I mean, is this really going to be worth it? I think one of the discouragements that I have had come my way uh, has been this kind of voice that comes from maybe our culture, maybe comes from my own insecurity, definitely comes from the enemy. It's this voice that says, you don't have what it takes. You don't have what it takes. This task, this step, this job, this family, this responsibility is bigger than you, and there's no way you're going to succeed. We all hear that voice, and we have to decide, one, to acknowledge where it's coming from. We know the source of that thought is the enemy, Satan, the devil, the liar, the serpent. He's the one who's going to plant that seed, uh, because 
what we learn from Scripture is exactly the opposite, and we'll get there in a second. But I want to I want to point out Moses. You know, Moses was this guy that like this turbo leader. I mean, if you look at the Bible, you might go, Moses was the man. I mean, I want to be more like Moses. But when he got interrupted in his life, he was kind of on the run, having made some bad decisions in life, on the run. God captures him, so to speak, by showing up in a burning bush in the wilderness where he was a shepherd. He had sort of left, tried to escape all the pressure, and uh, he sees this burning bush, and, and he realizes it's God, and God approaches him. And God more or less tells him, hey, you're the guy to take my people out of Egypt, out of slavery, to the promised land. And I mean, what a huge thing to, to say, oh, wow, okay, I don't feel like I'm enough. We probably would all feel that way. But God just told him, you're the guy, and it's going to work, and I'm going to do it. But Moses had a response, and it's so funny because Moses said but to God in that passage five different times. At first, he said, but nobody knows me. <laughs> God's like, Moses, you're going to do this thing. And he says, but nobody knows me. Then he said, God, but nobody knows you. But nobody knows me. Nobody knows you. Then he said, but they won't believe me. So that was the third but, but they won't believe me. You know, tell these people they got to go. Tell Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, he's got to let these people go. He's like, they won't believe me. Then he said, but I'm not good with words. I mean, he's throwing every excuse in the book out there, right? Because who had told him he's not worthy, he's not able? It was the enemy. But I'm not good with words. And then the last one was, but please send anyone else. <laughs> Anybody else would do a better job than me. And the truth is that you've been tasked with some great things this year because this is a year of possibility. I mean, we are in a post-pandemic season. Think about the cycles of the world. Think about how after catastrophe, what's needed is leadership. After loss, what's needed is leadership. God has tapped you on the shoulder to step up and live out the dreams that you have. If you were with us at Westside this past weekend, we, we kicked off an incredible series called Dream I Dare You with best-selling author Julia Gentry. If you missed it, go back and listen. I'm telling you, it's fantastic. There's a great plan for your life this year. And the enemy wants you to say, but I can't, but I'm not, but you're not, but it's not going to work out. And that's what Moses did. And what Paul the Apostle started to do, actually, and realized in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, Paul the Apostle says this. He realized something. He goes, you know what? Actually, God, your strength is made perfect in my weakness. So he started actually kind of bragging about his weakness. Like, you know, I can't actually do all this on my own, but you, but you can do it through me. That's the secret of fighting discouragement is to say, you know what? It might all be true. On my own, I'm not enough. On my own, I'm not smart enough. On my own, I'm not good enough. On my own, I'm not strong enough. But all that scripture says is is reverse of that. It's going, yeah, and Christ in you. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can through Christ, do that. And I think God has always wanted to get you and me to the place where we realize how dependent we are on him so he could be our strength. And that's where we beat discouragement. We overcome discouragement technically with that hope. So first is faith. It overcomes doubt. Then is hope. That overcomes discouragement. The third tactic that the devil uses, and this is one that I know has come up already for you this year, is division. 
Division is number three. It's so common. It's so predictable. It's so boring. It's so old. And it so works almost every time. Why is that? We don't see it coming. We're not alert. We're not awake. We're not aware. And you and me, if we're going to live out the dreams that God has for us this year, we got to know there's three tricks. There's three things that the devil wants to do to stop you. And, uh, and so division is number three. And Jesus himself said, a house divided against itself can't stand. And, you know, when things feel like they're going good for you, when, thing, when you're stepping out and doing a great thing, what you can almost predict with 100% accuracy is that there's going to be some relational confusion. There's going to be some relational tension. There's going to be some rumor. There's going to be some misunderstanding. There's going to be some conflict that's unresolved. There's going to be some resentment. There's going to be some bitterness. There's going to be some accusation that comes in, and it tries to stop you by pitting the people that you love, pitting the people that are supposed to be on a team together against one another. And this unity destroys God's dream for your life. So we've got to figure out how we see it coming and stop it immediately. And the only way, really, to stop disunity, to stop division, is with love. I love that the three antidotes to the three most common things that the devil wants to do to stop you is just faith, hope, and love. <laughs> we can stop the devil in his tracks with faith, hope, and love. We can render his attacks just completely ineffective with faith, hope, and love. Love says this. Love says, I'm going to believe the best about the people that are around me. Love says, even if somebody mistreats me, I'm going to pray for them. Love says, I'm going to forgive them in advance. I'm not going to be bitter against them. Love says, I'm going to go directly to them and straighten out this misunderstanding. Matthew chapter 18, Jesus is like, don't entertain accusations against people. Don't entertain bitterness in your own heart. If something's up, go to a person that you feel like there's a rift with or a misunderstanding with or something that you have against them or something they have against you. And Jesus is like, be the proactive one. Go fix it. Go talk to them. Ask the questions. Pray in advance. Go with an open heart. But go. Be direct. Because that's the way to solve these problems and, and to, to really squash. If you want to squash a rumor, go to, you know, to the person that it's about or go to the source of the trouble. And figure out what's the truth. That's always what we want to find out is what's the, what are the facts? What's the truth? And Paul, the apostle, even said we've got to grow up. And when we grow up, we're going to be speaking the truth in love. It silences the enemy. It's going to stop the devil from stopping you so that you can keep moving forward in your life. And my prayer for you this brand new year is that you will grow in strength. I love these images that God gives us in the Bible about warriors and soldiers. And he says things like, stand firm. You know, he gives us a picture of our battle armor. Like, we're that strong. He says, I've given you the weapons, and I've given you the armor, I've given you the tools to, to succeed. And we've got to put those things on. We've got to use those things. We've got, to, we've got to be people of faith, hope, and love so that there is no stopping us, no stopping you, that you're not going to be surprised in any way when doubt or discouragement or division comes, it's just predictable. It's coming. Just know it ahead of time and know what your response is going to be. And you and me, we're going to finish this year very, very strong. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Midweek Motivation. To make sure you don't miss any content in the future, please subscribe, share, and if you enjoyed this, give us a like and consider popping by a Westside service some weekend. You can find out more at westsidecommunitychurch.com.